Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, 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 Neon Noise Nation. This is the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you grow your business. What's going on, everybody? This is Justin Johnson, and with me, I have my co-host, Mr. Ken Franzen. What's up, Ken? How is life treating you today? Life is fantastic today, Justin. Uh, a little bit cooler weather here up in Ohio, getting ready for uh, a little football that's starting up this weekend. I'm excited nice. to uh, not not wish summer away just yet, but I'm also excited for fall to come and to uh, cheer on my favorite teams and uh, hopefully get to November when Michigan beats Ohio State. So looking forward to all that. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, November is a a little ways away, but uh, good luck with the uh, November 25th date. Um, Anywho, (laughs) so uh, excited to hear from our featured guest today. He is an expert when it comes to coaching individuals and teams to achieve peak sales results. Today, we will be speaking with Stan Way. He is the CEO of Peak Sales Results, where he teaches entrepreneurs the scientifically proven most effective ways to make sales and increase their income on demand. That sounds pretty cool. I could definitely use a little bit of income on demand myself. Stan, it is good to have you on today. Welcome to Neon Noise. All right. Yeah, I'm, I am just glad to be in a place uh, where, A, we're, we're going to talk about some cool stuff. Uh, in regards to business, but be with some football fans. I, I like it. And so, yeah. Correct me. You are from Good Alabama, deal. so I'm assuming that uh, I'm assuming you're a, a Tide fan. Yeah, I, I, I will. I, you know, and no offense to any listeners who who might go for other people, roll but roll Tide. Well, hey. Um, as a matter of fact, the last time my team <laughs> hey. played your team, we did okay. So Ken's not so much, but. <laughs> 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 no, you guys demolished Michigan the last time we played you guys in the opener there at the uh, AT&T Stadium. That was uh, a little yeah. embarrassing, but uh, Justin's a Buckeye fan, so love it. He he comes from a, a little bit different of a but that is okay. Background. And, and my my dad's family is actually from Michigan, so I have to. It it's like double allegiance in my blood, and and so yeah, I, wow. I, I like to hear Good a little stuff. bit of, uh, Michigan banter as well. So yeah. So, yeah, glad to be here, though, guys. Very, very good. Hey, do me a favor and uh, fill in the blanks on anything I may have missed and uh, share with us a little bit about your background. Sure. Yeah. So uh, those intros are always so friendly. It's it's funny. I I get to hear uh, other people say nice things. Everybody says that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which is is really nice. I I like that. But no, I mean, I I do run uh, Peak Sales Results, peaksalesresults.com. And, you know, I, I do work with sales professionals and, and businesses, large and small, uh, kind of perfect the sales process and sales technique. Uh, my, my background is, <laughs> you know, it varied. You know, I, I joke around and say, hey, you know, I, I was a salesperson as a little kid. I, I remember my mom and my mom's family were really, really big into poker games when I was a little get, kid. And we're... <laughs> And this might reveal a lot about my family. I, I'm not sure if they would appreciate me selling, saying this, but, you know, the, the poker game would start on Friday night and end, like, you know, Monday morning at 4 a.m. You know, hey, that's not a bad deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's the next game. Good, yeah, good poker game. 
but it was funny because there was always, you know, there was always beer, you know, and I remember my older cousins and my aunts and my uncles and like, you know, these random strangers from down the street coming in and they'd like plop down the, the 24 uh, case of Milwaukee's best, you know, the, the, the best. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I remember as a little kid, I was like, I was like five or six years old and, you know, I'd wait till they were like two or three beers in. I would set my little toy cash register up on top of the 24 pack and uh, they'd say, Hey, pass me a beer. And I'd say, okay, cool. That'll be two bucks. You know? Um, so uh, sales, sales has been in my blood. Uh, I, I no longer, you know, sell alcohol to inebriated people or family members, but, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been fun. You know, I, I started when I was 21, I, I, uh, started selling life and health insurance and, and that's kind of a story in and of itself. My, my stepfather kind of helped me get started there, but you know, I, I quickly realized, you know, I was 21 years old. I was making a six figure a year income and the rest of my friends were still in college with lots of student loan debt. And I was like, woo, you know, um, <laughs> live in the life but it's funny because you know I, I i made a lot of money then i lost a lot of money and i've, I've went through that cycle uh three times in life now uh and until it finally occurred to me that there, there's a lot of mental things and things that happen inside our head that cause uh those ups and downs in business and in income to happen and so you know when, when i work with salespeople and and, and work with businesses and, and even you know large fortune 100 fortune 500 companies it, it's about getting internally into people's kind of internal psyche to help them, you know, to help them a overcome their own mental stuff, but then b overcome, you know, the customer's mental blocks from, from actually, you know, getting on board. So, so yeah, that, that's kind of a, a short introduction, I guess. <laughs> it, it, be, selling beer to family members is a lot less uh, fancy than what you said at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I still like it. Cause I think uh, $2 for a Milwaukee's best is probably more than they paid for it in the store. Right. I know. I, Hey, Milwaukee's best should probably hire me if anyone's listening. So there we go. <laughs> Stan, touch on those mental triggers. You just mentioned, you said there's mental triggers that uh, kind of make those ups and downs happen. What do you mean by those? Sure. So, you know, and, and to kind of speak it to, to the audience that you've got here, you know, obviously you guys run a super successful business. Um, you know, kind, kind of leaders in your industry, obviously expanding, you know, I, I've, I've worked with a lot of people in digital marketing, uh, and it, it's kind of funny, uh, people, it, it doesn't matter the business. It doesn't matter the vertical, the niche, uh, the product or the service that anyone's selling. What happens is that, you know, you, you, you can see other people succeeding in it, uh, and you, you can sacrifice and, and, you know, invest in, in your own coaching and training, or, you know, maybe buy a program or something and you can start it, but. But most people fail. I, I mean, let, let's be really honest. Most, you know, over 95% of businesses that start out are, are going to be gone and dead in the next five years. And it's usually not because of skill set so much. Uh, now, sometimes it's because of skill set, <laughs> because people don't invest in their education enough for their business. But most of the time, it, it's a mindset issue. And so, you know, it, it's imposter syndrome. It's not believing that you can actually do it. It's not having a clear roadmap in front of you. Uh, it, it's not actually seeing yourself and your, your product, your service, your business actually fulfilling your core desires. And, and so that's why when I work with people in, in, in businesses, you know, I, I help them figure out, you know, what, what do you, what do you even want in life first? <laughs> because if what you're doing doesn't serve what you actually want, you're, you're probably going to fail and burn out. You mentioned imposter syndrome. Can you explain what that is for some of our listeners that might not know? 
Sure. Yeah. So imposter syndrome, you know, and I, I will use my wife as an example here. My, my wife is super talented. She's an amazing uh, photographer. Um, she, when we first started dating a few years ago, you know, she, she had a pretty cool, expensive camera, uh, <laughs> you know, a camera I actually was envious of, uh, and wanted in my business, um, you know, cause it was so expensive. Um, and she took some photographs and everything and, and she was okay. I mean, she was frankly, you know, she was okay when we were dating and stuff, but she had a real passion for photography. My wife, uh, you know, she, she wanted to be a stay at home mom. She's highly educated. But she said, you know, I want to be a stay-at-home mom with our kids. And so, you know, she was doing that with our small children, uh, but she really wanted to kind of serve the world on a higher level and get back into photography. So, you know, she, she got the proper coaching and mentoring and training uh, and got really, really good. I mean, so good that she was featured in some really uh, great publications. Uh, but it's so funny, you know, she's, she's a wedding photographer. Her starting package, I think, starts off at like $3,500, you know, for a wedding. Um, but it's so funny because even though she's, she's beloved by everyone, uh, you know, it, she still most Saturdays when she leaves for a wedding, she goes, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe people pay me to do this. Like it doesn't even make sense, you know? And, and I think most people suffer from that in, in business is, you know, and, and it really comes down to the fact that, you know, and, and there's some psychological studies we could talk more about, but you know, it, people actually hold themselves back because they have integrity. Uh, which is good. If you have imposter syndrome, it means you, you're you're a good person working from a core of integrity. But but it's funny because if you have integrity, you don't want to put yourself out there. You don't want to put your product, your service, your business out there. But at the same time, you're holding yourself back. Uh, and so, you know, people say, well, I could never do that because, you know, fill in the blank with a lame excuse. Uh, and, and so it comes down to just getting rid of the lame excuses, you know, because the only difference between, you know, you, you guys run a successful business and have a really cool podcast. You know, other people want to do it. The only difference between you and the other guys is that you guys, you know, do it. And that's it. And that, that applies to any business. Is the only difference between people who are actually succeeding and not succeeding are just the people that do it. Because I, I remember, you know, back in 2007, I joined a, a, a mastermind from some cool, actually really cool internet marketers. Uh, wanted to learn how to kind of grow my own business. And there were two guys uh, in that program with me who had crummier jobs than I had and were making a lot less money than I were, was. Uh, but I watched them over a six-month period while I still stayed, you know, in my corporate sales position. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, ah, I'm, I'm comfy here. You know, I watched these guys go and launch their own businesses, their own programs. You know, I, I remember, you know, in 2012 watching both of them, you know, make videos online and be like, yeah, we're millionaires, but it's cool because blah, blah, blah. And you know, I had this huge imposter syndrome and I was like, well, what, what's the difference between me and them? I know all the same things. They, they just did it, you know? And, and that's usually the, the, the big difference for, for folks. We see that a lot when we're talking with clients, we encourage them. And, and I, I believe we'll get into this a little bit more perhaps in a bit, but you work with a lot of content with, with sales as well, correct? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And we see this with the content strategies we work with our clients. A lot of times they have that same approach. Well, I, you know, I'm not, uh, so-and-so is doing that. They're, they look like the expert and, and they see these other people rise to, 
say rise to success or they they receive this additional exposure and the only difference and it's hard to convince those people they do know their stuff they just won't put their words on in a blog post or put themselves out on camera and i think it's that fear uh that goes along with you know you know like your wife says i can't believe that i get paid to do this that uh it's not that uh so much they're not good enough but even that fear of even putting themselves out there right yeah, and it, for a lot of people, you know, when when people work with me one on one, they get <laughs> they get the seventy five page PDF. It, it's it, pretty bulky, uh, but one of the uh, you know, it's actually the second thing that we work with is is looking at your uh, circle of influence and circle of friends and family, and and kind of judiciously going through that list of people that you create and saying, <laughs> hey, yeah, they're good, they build me up, or hey, yeah, they're not, you know. Um, <laughs> And, and and that holds people in in conjunction with imposter syndrome. That's what holds people back a lot is because they're so afraid of being judged by Aunt Susie, you know, and and putting on Facebook and saying, "Hey, I, I've got this new business. It's a really cool thing," um, you know. And then Aunt Susie coming back in and being like, "Well, you dropped out of college and you suck," you know, like you know, you know, and every like everyone has an Aunt Susie, you know. Some of us have like five Aunt Susies. You know, and so it's it's understanding that you just kind of have to, you know, cut those people out of your life in the most respectful, kind, loving way. But, you know, just forget about what they say. And and, you know, if they if you announce your business or say something on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever you do or, you know, at the at the family barbecue, just kind of smile and be like, screw you, Susie, you know, in, in the nice way. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. You mentioned that your methods are scientifically proven. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So this is, this is one of the things that kind of sets me apart from uh, other, other people that kind of do what I do. No, no one really does what I do, which is cool. Like, I, I love that. Like there are really cool people. Uh, you, you guys recently had on Ryan Stuman. I, I love oh, yeah. Ryan Stuman. He's cool. You know, um, you know, there's, there's Grant Cardone. Uh, there's, there's, you know, <laughs> then we could get really old school and go with like some Tom Hopkins kind of stuff, you know, with sales. Uh, like these are all really cool guys. They, they really serve their audiences. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I don't have a lot of products and stuff to sell cause I do, I work, uh, you know, one-on-one and, and then you know, with major corporations and in office and do a lot of one-on-one stuff. But you know, th- those guys are all really cool and, and they, they give, I mean, by all means go buy their stuff guys. You know, if you're in sales and need some help, go buy it. Go buy Ryan Stuman stuff. It's cool. <laughs> you know, here's a plug for him. But, you know, what what differentiates me is that, you know, I, I, I don't teach a lot of like, you know, well, we, we do get into, you know, closing tactics and scripts and practicing and closing loops and word tracks and slide decks and all sorts of, you know, all these generic kind of sales terms. But, you know, I start off, you know, if someone works with me one on one, you know, they will work with me for four weeks before we ever get into, hey, this is what my pitch sounds like. Because we work with a lot of internal stuff. Uh, and so we, we, I, I use a lot of scientifically based, uh, evid- evidence-proven kind of things to actually make you change your mindset. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I always joke around and say, you know, Tony Robbins has, you know, the power within weekends. Uh, you know, I, I kind of do a power within intensive for four weeks. Uh, and, and it's, it's to change your mental mindset, uh, because you have to change internally 
to understand where you want to take your life to actually be successful at anything you want to do. And then, you know, when we do get to sales tactics and everything else, it's understanding that sales, it, first of all, you, you need to be passionate about what you're doing, but you actually need to truly be serving. So, you know, if, you know, and I, I, I work with a car salesman every now and then. Uh, and it's funny because every car salesman I end up working with ends up leaving car sales and going and doing something else. And, and the reason, nothing wrong with it, car sales people. I, I think they're great. And Hey, everyone drives a car, but they, they get out of it because they see in the sales process of, of being a car salesman that they actually don't like the, the little bit of deceit and lack of integrity in that industry. And so they go and find a different product or service to sell, which is awesome because then that serves their core integrity value. And, and then they can go serve the world with a higher purpose. And so then it's moving into a sales process and actually using, you know, proven techniques to help to help a potential client or a customer uh, move through a sales process and overcome their own mental obstacles and hurdles. Because I and I'm sure you guys deal with it a lot. Uh, you know, you know, you have clients that you guys can serve 100 percent. You you have all the case studies and all the social proof, but you guys probably have clients that are just too afraid to invest with you would be my assumption. Sure. Yeah. No, there's there's some there where we we wished they would uh, employ some some more encompassing strategies. Yeah, but that that's just it. it uh, sometimes that we haven't uh, showed them a story compelling enough to get them to do that investment. I guess is the the case there. But uh, one question I had you you mentioned changing mental mindset. Can you dive in a little bit more on maybe what we're going to get some gen, general, you know, this, you know, we're going to go with some general generalities here where, hey, this is uh, not encompassing of uh, anyone in particular, but more of the general average, I guess, is what I'm searching for. Mm-hmm. What does someone look like when they come to you? How let's say, broken they are or <laughs> when they begin working with you? Um, what is the trigger for this shift in the mental mindset? Why do you start there? I start there. Look, some people are already there, just to be frank. Uh, some people who are just really good at what they're doing in business or in, in sales are already there. But that that is very few. I, I, I would honestly say less than 5%. Uh, and, and so you're asking of like a general, hey, who comes and works with you? You know, I, I worked with a guy last year. Um, you know, he started working with me, invested with me. Uh, he was homeless. I didn't know it at the time. He he invested thousands of dollars with me and was homeless and living in his car and was moving across the country to move in with some family members, you know? Um, so, so that, that's one, one end of the spectrum, you know, and now, you know, the, the guy's doing awesome. You know, he, he nets, I think about $25,000 a month, uh, in sales in his business right now. Um, very cool guy. Um, but then the other end of the spectrum is large, uh, you know, very well put together uh, businesses who have large teams, you know, and I'll use a, a digital marketing agency I worked with recently. Um, you know, they've got two dozen employees. Um, they, they've been in business for 15 years. They're, they're super great at what they do. They've always depended upon uh, referrals, though, and not charging uh, enough for their services. And so, you know, it's kind of helping them understand, well, what, where, where do you really want to go? How does your business serve you? Um, and then actually help them understand their value. Because there are a lot of people that are just undercharging for their services. 
you know, and, and, you know, in, especially in the digital marketing space, you know, where, where there's folks that'll charge 250 bucks a month to run your Facebook ads, or there's folks that'll charge $5,000 a month to run your Facebook ads. Well, yeah, there, <laughs> there's a happy medium there, but it, how it, it, and it doesn't really matter how much people are charging. What matters is how much you're actually helping your client or your potential client on the back end. Um, and, and so it's understanding your value. Uh, and so, you know, when it comes to helping people change, you know, their, their mindset, uh, you know, it, it, depending on the industry, the product, the service, you know, I, I, we, we have some questionnaires we go through. I work with them one-on-one um, and, and help them kind of see where they're at because most people will admit uh, that, that they have imposter syndrome or they're, they're not charging enough for their products or services or that they'll come to this realization that they just have all the skill sets. They're just not taking action. Uh, and so then, you know, it's kind of coaching them one-on-one from there because all those people are different. You, you have to handle them differently. Um, yeah. So it's, it, it's helping people on the level that they need to be helped at, if, if that kind of makes sense. Oh, it, it, it does. Thank you. So from an aspect of coaching, what, what do you say to the person that uh, might not be totally sold on a coach? Why would someone want to, or should they hire a sales coach? And that's really good. Um, someone actually, someone wrote an article the other day uh, and featured me in it. Um, and you know what, the 10 reasons why you, you, you need a sales coach. And, and I appreciated it because it, and it started off, the number one reason was all great people have coaches. Uh, and someone had a picture of Michael Jordan there with Phil Jackson. Uh, and, and that, and that's so true, you know, uh, and, and it, it kind of, it speaks to your guys's industry. You know, I, I've, I've worked over the last couple of years. I've worked, with, like I said, with a, a lot of digital marketing agencies, a lot of people that run Facebook ads, a lot of e-commerce clients. Um, and it's funny because, you know, in conversations with an e-commerce client, uh, someone that wants to run Facebook ads, you know, I, I will always kind of say, okay, well, cool. Tell me about your store. Tell me about your products. Tell me, you know, who's run your Facebook ads? Did you do it? And if someone ran their own Facebook ads, I'd say, oh, okay, cool. Well, well, kind of tell me, give me an example of a time you've run a Facebook ad and seen a good return on investment. And, and that, that was, that's always a very powerful, uh, or, you know, in, in that situation, very powerful question to ask that type of client, because what happens is they're usually just going to tell you everything you need to know, to know exactly where they learned. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I, and I'll give this example. You know, I spoke to a lot of people over the last couple of years who have said, oh, well, this, you know, and, um, you know, I, I had to season the pixel and then I had to do this, this and this. And I'd say, oh, OK, cool. So it sounds to me like you bought this course by so and so to learn how to run Facebook ads. Is that right? And people would go, whoa, how would you know that? And I'd say, oh, well, because you just said exactly what they taught, you know, Um <laughs> And, and I'd say, okay, cool. So you, you spent, you know, $3,000 on this course. Kind of kind of tell me, you know, you're obviously speaking to me now. You need someone else to run Facebook ads. G- give me an example of, you know, like, why, why is this not working at this point for you? And, and it's funny because, it, once again, it's not skill set. Um, a, a lot of times it's mindset. And, and so, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and so in those situations, it, you know, walking someone through a sales process like that, you know, when when you're in sales, uh, if you're just a master in your industry and you know, you, you know it like the back of your hand, you know, I, I can ask those questions on a sales call uh, across multiple industries and know who they've learned things from. You know, if I ask you about Facebook ads, I can find out, you know, without you telling me who taught you where you learned to do Facebook ads because I've bought all the courses. 
you know, <laughs> if you're trying to do drop shipping or e-commerce or, or any of these other things, or you're in sales uh, and you, you learned a particular closing phrase, you know, I, I, I can tell where you learned it. Uh, and, and so I, I say all of that because a lot of people have went and invested in their education and spent, you know, a few, you know, 50 bucks, a couple hundred bucks, you know, a few thousand dollars on programs um, that, that for some people work. And, and they work for some people because they're mentally there. They can just take the action. Other people don't. Other people don't take the action, you know, and, and it's because they're missing that personal aspect. And so, you know, to go back to your base question, why do people need a coach? Well, some people just need to be told straight up like it is. You know, I uh, I, I had a morning uh, about three months ago where, you know, my 9 a.m., my 10 a.m. and my 11 a.m. calls, uh, they were all wonderful women that I've, I've worked with for months. But I made them all cry. <laughs> you know, by 9.30, there was weeping, weeping on the phone. And by 10.30, there was weeping on the phone. 11.30, there was weeping on the phone. So I, I, I went to lunch with my wife, and she's like, you, what is wrong? And I said, I just made a lot of women cry. You know, but, but yeah, but that, that part of being a coach is, you know, it's, it's telling people the straight, honest truth but loving them enough and seeing their potential enough to be able to give them the action steps to get there. Because so many people are held back usually um, you know, by so many different things. Once again, imposter syndrome, mental roadblocks, Aunt Susie, whatever it is, uh, you know, you have to help them overcome it. So for some people, look, a program's great. For other people, coaching is great. But for most people, yeah, you, most people need a coach. You know, that's why, you know, Facebook, Facebook, I'll kind of speak to your industry again. You know, Facebook Blueprint is an amazing, amazing, amazing resource. Anyone could go, and if they were a go-getter, go and run their own Facebook ad. But most people can't because they don't have the time, the commitment, or the passion for it. And, and that's all there is to it. So they, if, if someone wanted to do that, they need, would need to get a good coach or hire you guys. Sure. Uh, and we, we tell them that oftentimes as well as, hey, everything you need to do for Facebook, Google AdWords is online and fits well documented if you want to go through the steps the the difference is much like your trade you're better at it than than i am so i should hire you to be my attorney or my brain surgeon um just because you've a little bit more experienced than the know-how there uh it, it, the trade-off is, is is worth the investment yeah no and, and i'll tell you if i if i can say this i i and i don't like the word hate I think hate is a bad four-letter word. Um, here, here in the way household, we try not to say the word hate. But I, I'm going to say I, I hate DIYers. I hate them. Um, <laughs> in, 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 in business and, and even in life in a little respect, because, like, look, if you want to remodel your bathroom, that's cool. And if you want to DIY that, that, that's cool. But, you know, for me, for my, from my sales perspective, I would much rather spend the next 26 weekends of my life um, creating an income producing activity that would pay for that bathroom and 13 more, you know, sure. and, and it goes for business as well. You know, a lot of people want to DIY their, their way through, you know, a website, like, like why, why create a website? You know, I, I can give you a guy on Fiverr that'll create you an amazing website for 65 bucks and it'll look better than anyone else in your industry and be set up correctly. You know, sure. it's, it's DIYers, you know, I, I respect them, but I think that sometimes they're looking backwards at their business. Uh, and, and so it's it, a lot of time with salespeople, it's the exact same thing. You have to switch it backwards and say, well, why, why do you want to do that? You know, like, it, like even a sales schedule or, or, 
you know, uh, uh, an appointment schedule. Like, why why do you want to deal with that and call and confirm your own people? Outsource that. You know, spend 15 bucks a day, let someone else do it, and, and focus on doing what you're good at, which is selling, hopefully. Absolutely. Now, you call yourself a sales coach. How does this differ from a business coach or a life coach? Because there's a lot of, there's a the coaching world's very popular right now. And I'm just looking for, because some of the the uh, items you talked about in the foundational exploration seemed, wouldn't be something I would, would consider a sales coach to jump into. So can you kind of jump into that a little bit more and, and kind of tell us how a sales coach is different from the more common business or life coach? Sure. Well, you know, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take this phrase, which is uh, uh, often said in my industry, which is everything in life is sales, everything, you know, and, and it starts with marketing, you know, from the first time people see uh, your, your, your first ad online, uh, your first banner ad or something in a newspaper, everything, everything in life is sales. I mean, and it starts with marketing. You know, what, what differentiates a sales coach from anyone else? To speak to your point, there, there are. There, every, <laughs> this is what's wrong with 2017 right now when we're recording this interview is that a lot of people, I say a lot of people, you know, almost everyone online is raising their hand and saying they're a coach. You know, um, I'm a coach. I can teach you how to do this. And, and the, the fact is, is you look at their background and you say, okay, cool. Well, what, what's your social proof there? Well, there is no social proof. I've never done this before. I watched a YouTube video. Um, Gary V got me really pumped up. So, you know, which is, which is great. You know, I'm glad people get excited, but you know, th there's all sorts of different coaches in different industries. Um, you know, a, a business coach is going to kind of give you an overall plan and, and lay it out a little bit differently than I would. Uh, you know, uh, you, you talked about um, a, a mindset coach, you know, honestly, you know, so much of what I cover is mindset that, you know, if you're in sales, I, I don't think you need a mindset coach. I think you just need a good sales coach because a good sales coach is, is going to help you through that. So, you know, it, I, I'm, I'm very specific in that, you know, most, all of my business honestly comes to me through referrals. Um, you know, I, I don't have to run ads for myself. I, I, you know, I, I would like to and, and, and grow and do all sorts of different stuff, but right now, you know, I, I help so many, uh, people kind of in, in my industry, both one-on-one, -on -one, but also in the coaching industry that that's kind of where, you know, the, the majority of my income comes from is actually helping legitimate, like, you know, real coaches online. Uh, kind of build out their sales processes, um, you know, and, and I've, I've worked with some really amazing, really well-known headline kind of coaches, um, you know, and every time I work with them to kind of implement their online sales processes and hire their virtual sales teams, like, it, like it's this new, fun, and exciting thing um, because not a lot of people do that and not a lot of people know how to implement like a virtual sales team for a coach or for a business. So, you know, that that's kind of, you know, I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> that's actually what I spend the majority of my time doing is, is building out virtual sales team for businesses. Um, I, I just like the personal aspect of working one-on-one -on -one with people, um, you know, which is, you know, kind of two different things, but, but, but I say that because, you know, a, a good sales coach, uh, is going to help you in a lot of different facets of your business, uh, and has to understand in 2017, everything from scheduling software to, you know, you know, pay-per-click advertising. You know, it's all sales. You made mention of building out virtual sales teams. And one thing that I had noted here I wanted to ask you about is Justin and I in 
the past 10 years of uh, owning Neon Goldfish or founding Neon Goldfish 10 years ago, we've went through lots of peaks and valleys and we've had different sales people help us in our sales efforts. We've always struggled so, so very much to find anyone that cared as much as we did and sold with the same level of excitement, engagement, uh, integrity, which is a word that I've heard you use several times. And so how do you help an entrepreneur uh, find those types of individuals? And is that the virtual sales team or is that something different? Yeah, no, that, that is, that is part of building a virtual sales team. And, and you're, you're exactly right. Like, like it, it is, it, <laughs> if you haven't done it before, uh, it, it's almost impossible to know how to find a virtual sales team or how to build one. Um, and, you know, and, and so that's, that's what I do a lot for folks because, you know, I, I come in and, you know, I, I'm kind of like, you know, a drill sergeant, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's not, you know, because, you know, I'm some mean guy. I'm, you know, I, I like to think I'm a pretty nice guy. I don't push over, you know, aunt Susie too often, but, but the fact is, is like, you know, you just have to hold your, 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 your you know, salespeople, business developers, whatever you want to call them, you have to hold them accountable. And, and so, it, it comes with, you know, posting the right type of ad to the right type of people, uh, saying the right type of thing, you know, having the right kind of copy in, in that ad to attract the right type of people, you know, taking them through a correct interview process, uh, giving them a correct probationary period, period. And then, and most importantly, and, and lots of people think I'm crazy when I say this, is making sure that this, this business developer or salesperson, anyone that comes on your team to do this, is commission-based. 100% commission-based. And, and the reason I recommend and say that and, and would recommend that to anyone listening to this uh, is because that way they have skin in the game. That way, you know, they're, they're going to be just as passionate as you. Um, but you have to sell yourself and your business and your vision and your social proof to your person. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a two-way sale, really. Uh, and, and so, you know, when I, when I work with businesses, that, that's what I have to do. I have to sell the business to the right group of salespeople that we've attracted. And then it's holding them super accountable. Um, you know, if, if it's a virtual sales team, you know, and, and they're doing phone calls or, or Skype or, you know, Zoom, however they're meeting with people, it's making sure that they follow industry standards. And, and when I say industry standards, I mean, um, you know, look at HubSpot. You know, you, you speak to a sales rep with HubSpot or Salesforce, you know, you, you get on the phone with one of these really well-trained guys, you know, they're going to start the call and they're going to say, hey, um, John, is it okay if I record today's phone conversation? That way, if you have any questions or anything at all, or if you want a copy of the recording, I can send it to you afterwards. Okay, cool. You know, and, and that's what HubSpot does. You know, they're, they're an industry leader in, in inbound marketing. And, and so, you know, it's, it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's just holding a, a virtual sales team or any sales person to those standards of saying, okay, cool. If, if you're going to work with me, you have to record every call. Now, make sure that you're doing it legally, much like in the way, like I just gave the example, you know, ask for permission. If they say no, okay, don't record the call, but make sure that they're recording the call. And, and the reason for that is, is because it's, it's so important for a good salesperson to go back and review their pitch and their process. So important. So, so, so important. And, that, and that's part of just sales 101 is you have to review what you're doing. Um, but then second of all, you 
as as the employer or any business as an employer that has you know a virtual sales team you can go at random and and you know listen to these recordings and go oh man whew, he is he's really not that great in this one area <laughs> and and coaching around if, if that kind of makes sense so it, it is it, it is a difficult process but you know, once you've done it once and and seen it done it, it's easy to to duplicate um but but it, it's hard because there are a lot of moving pieces in having a team like that you mentioned sales 101 and reviewing the pitch through these recorded calls what are some of the common mistakes you encounter with either salespeople or entrepreneurs and their selling efforts <laughs> it, it all goes back to what we talked to about at the beginning uh it's usually lack of confidence you know um i i listen to a lot of people's uh sales call recordings <laughs> uh, you know I've, I've listened to thousands and thousands at this point uh and it doesn't matter if it's it's a one call uh kind of close process or a two call close or a three call close uh it 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 doesn't matter what kind of close or situation or product or service it is it's usually lack of confidence um you know when i first listened to these kind of recordings and so you know me as a professional i can come in and can say hey they just opened up and told you what they really wanted but you were trying to sell them something else because maybe you're not as confident in that area or, or something like that but but it's usually confidence almost 100 percent of the time and then it's moving into actually serving and selling to what your client wants. You know, I, I've worked, <laughs> I've worked with uh, direct TV sales reps before. Um, and, you know, a direct TV sales rep, you know, it, that sales process is kind of asking about the current TV setup that someone has in their home. Um, and someone might say, well, I've got, you know, I've got AT&T U-verse and I like it for this reason. I don't like it for this reason, but I can't DVR, you know, more than a couple things at a time. Oh, well, you know, if they say that, that's a huge selling point for someone with, you know, selling direct TV because, and I can't even remember, you know, they, you can DVR like 85 things at once or something crazy like that. But, you know, a, a lot of times sales, sales reps would not even hear that. They would just move on and try to sell, you know, NFL Sunday tickets or something crazy that the client doesn't work, care about. And, and it doesn't matter that the product, the service or the industry, that's almost always the case. You know, it's lack of confidence and not selling to what your potential client actually wants. Because if you just say, hey, what do you want? Why are you even talking to me? They're going to tell you, you know, because no one wants to be sold to. They just want to get it over with. So they'll tell you what they want. <laughs> Would you say that that someone looking to increase their close rate as well should look at their either their sales pitch and how confident they are in the delivery and or opening up those ears a little bit and making sure that you're keen in on those uh verbal cues that the, the clients tell them i don't need that but here's something that does frustrate me yeah i i think everyone in sales should be recording their sales pitch so you know i i, I don't care if you're you know the, the car salesman um and you've got to put your iphone upside down in a shirt pocket you know with the microphone up you know as you're talking to people out on the lot or you're a real estate agent who's showing a house, uh, or or if you're someone that's selling something over the phone, you know, I, I think everyone should be recording their sales pitch. The reason being, is, and, and, and there's lots of science, scientific data and study that goes into this, is that if you just review that, most of the time you can actually self-correct that without you know even hiring someone else. 
experience. So you can you you can go, ooh, man, that was terrible. That was hard. The the reason most people don't like hearing their voice is is because they're not comfortable with what they're saying. It's 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 a confidence issue, and that's never more evident uh, than in a sales process. And, and so you know, it's I I think everyone should record it. But but yeah, it, it when you do that, you can self correct and 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 not always self diagnose, uh, but you can self correct a lot of the the bad things that you are doing. And you're saying with that, then to get it into a more consistent delivery, more confident delivery, what, what should they be looking for? If they're recording this, they're, they're going back, they're playing the recorded audio. They, they identify a verbal cue they might've missed, or they say, well, I sound like a f- bumbling fool here. Yeah. What, what are, what are the cues that they should be keen in on? Yeah. Well, it, more than anything, what, what, what does the potential client want? That, that's all that's really important at the end of the day. You know, if, if your product and service is good, uh, great. It, it's going to serve the need for a potential client. And, and here's the thing, you know, anyone that's in sales, I think anyone that's really good at sales is often going to start a sales process, uh, find out some discovery questions from their potential client and find out that they're not a good fit. And then if, if, if they're a really good salesperson, they'll refer them to someone else, plain and simple. You know, because, you know, if, if you're working from a core of integrity, let, let's be honest, you know, it, whatever your service or product you have, it's not going to fit everyone, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, the, the jet ski isn't the perfect fit for every family, you know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's finding out what, you, what the potential client wants. And so when you listen to these recordings, yeah, it's, it's asking the right discovery questions, um, which is, you know, back to sales 101, which should be, you know, after rapport kind of building you know, fi- finding out what the, the potential client wants. And, and sometimes, look, you're the perfect fit. And sometimes you're not. And if you're not, hey, refer them to someone else. You know, maybe, maybe you know, get a referral fee, depending on your industry. But, but it, if, you, if you do that, you know, look, a potential client who, and this happens to me all the time, I refer people to different sales training all the time, you know. Uh, and they'll go and take different sales training um, and pay money to someone else, you know, quite a bit of money. But they'll come back to me, you know, a few months later when they're ready for coaching and they're at a different place in their business. And, and that can apply to almost any industry. When you're just a cool guy and refer folks out, look, you know, I call it karma points or whatever you want to. It's going to come back. to you. I like it. I do. I think that there is a need to identify, qualify early in the stages of that conversation because you don't want to waste their time. You don't want to waste your own time in a uh, talk track that won't lead to depending on where you're positioned good good stuff here's a question i love talking with salespeople about because when i started my post-college career i was in sales selling copy machines door to door to businesses and uh I used oh to, man, look at you. Yeah. Hot I used stuff. to do the dreaded cold calling with a stack of business cards and, uh, you know, thick skin in my back because no one wanted to buy a copy machine ever. And so back then, you know, it was cold calling. It was picking up the phone. It was going knocking on doors. That's drastically changed in today's world. It, it cold calling is quote unquote dead. And I wanted to ask what your thoughts were on that. And what would you recommend to a 
business owner, an entrepreneur, somebody starting off or a salesperson starting off without a book of business to work, how would you tell them to approach finding people to talk to? Yeah. So this, this is a super, super good question. I love this. So look, I'm in, I'm going to go against the grain. I, I, I don't, I don't care what anyone else says uh, because I, I proved this wrong recently. Um, cold, cold calling is not dead. You just have to do it differently, you know? Um, but I hate cold calling. Don't get me wrong. Like that, that's bottom of the barrel sales, sales techniques right there. You know, um, like obviously, you know, if you've got uh, referrals or leads coming in from somewhere else, serve those potential clients first. But if you have no one, look, cold, cold calling works, you know? And, and so, you know, and this, this goes back to mindset before you even get into cold calling, you know, and, and I've worked with some folks on this, you know, it's, it's not about, you know, as a salesperson, a lot of salespeople wake up, you know, and they're, they're going to wake up and go, oh man, I hope I make, you know, $600 in commission today or, you know, what, whatever kind of lame thing, you know, they might think like, you know, someone walks through the door of the store or on, onto the showroom and they go, oh, ching, like they see dollar signs where people's heads should be, you know, lame, stupid stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I work with people on is, is waking up every morning and saying, hey, you know, I, I want to serve the world $4,000 worth today, you know, um, and, and then really focusing on that and meditating on it, you know, and, and, you know, I started off the call saying, hey, I love football and Roll Tide and stuff like, like, look, I'm not a hippie. I live in Alabama, guys, you know, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, but, you know, I, I talked about Milwaukee's best, but, you know, I, it, in all seriousness, like you have to, you have to approach sales from a different technique. If all you see is dollar signs, you're doing it wrong. You have to wake up, you know, you have to wake up every day knowing that you're serving the world. And when you do that, there's a fundamental shift psychologically within yourself. And so when you have that, first of all, that mental psychological shift first, then cold calling can be different. And, and you know, you, you can create a script that people are, are going to use, you know, and I'll, and I'll tell you, um, uh, I, I run a Facebook group um, and about six weeks ago, uh, someone, you know, for it sells professionals, anyone can be in it. Um, you know, peak sales results, uh, Facebook group, but you know, someone asked me, he said, Hey Stan, can you kind of give us some cold calling techniques? And I was like, Whoo, I have not done cold calling in a while. Um, but I cleared two hours off of my calendar for the very next day. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, you know? Um, cause I work with a lot of, uh, insurance agents. Uh, and I thought, and, and this is, and this is, you know, the power of the internet and everything in 2017, I said, I've got lots of sales training. Um, I've got some stuff I could create around insurance agents. I could put it on a membership website and sell it, you know, for 1500 bucks, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I spent two hours the next day. I canceled one call and then I took my lunch hour and I spent that first hour compiling a list of insurance agents in a major metropolitan area, like different offices, you know, farmers, state farm, all those guys, all state. Um, and then I spent, you know, I, I spent an hour compiling that list. Then I spent the next hour cold calling, cold calling for the first time in years. Cause I wanted to show, you know, the people in my Facebook group that this actually works. Um, and, and long story short, someone paid me money that day. They didn't pay me money on that first call, but I sold a $1,497, uh, training program for insurance agents, how to increase revenue and, and, and uh, close more business. Uh, I sold that guy, the guy called me back that evening and said, Hey, I want to sign up. And I was like, okay, cool. You know? And I said, all right, it, you know, you'll have access to your website on Monday because, you know, and he didn't know this, but I've got to create it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, it, you know, but I had all the recordings and stuff and I've worked in that industry. So I knew everything I was teaching was, you know, would serve him. Um, three people. Um, I can't even remember. I could, I'd have to pull up the spreadsheet, 
but three people from an hour worth of cold calling have called me back and paid me $1,497 from an hour of cold calling. Um, and something I haven't done in years. So, and I, you know, not to press the point, but cold calling is not dead. You just have to change your approach. And so, yes, you don't want to be doing cold calling. You want to be speaking with leads. But people who are starting out, you know, it's understanding, you know, you need to focus on one technique, get really good at it, and move on. So if you're at the bottom of the barrel as a salesperson, um, look, cold calling is great. You know, if you're mid-range and, and you, you can invest a few bucks, you know, I, I work with a, a guy. Um, he, he's part of a mastermind I work with. Um, you know, I taught him. He sells cell phones. And every single time he sells a cell phone, uh, you know, I, I tell him to build the rapport and everything and it's, that apps are installing on, on the new cell phones he sells. You know, tell people to go and like a personal Facebook page and then visit a website that's linked on that on that page. And he pixels them with a Facebook pixel. And so he, here he is, you know, he's a, he's a cell phone salesman. You know, most people are like, oh yeah, that's a guy who can work in a kiosk in the mall. Well, yeah, but the dude is, is going to bring home over $200,000 this year, you know, from using small little, like a Facebook pixel and running a few ads now and then, you know, 25% off a cell phone case. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of different techniques. There's so many different ways in 2017, anyone can be successful at sales if they, if they get the right training. So what was the different approach? Do you recall uh, when you were doing your cold calling? Because three sales and uh, an hour's plus worth of work is a decent return. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's not bad, right? So what was the uh, what was the different approach you you took there? You you were you, you had a helpful approach, and and you kind of keyed keyed in on a couple things that we talked about here with some other guests. Of yeah, you don't start off with this. You know, this is the uh, all, all the benefits and things along those lines that uh, this product will do for you today. What do it take me to get you into this before we leave this conversation approach that we get this, you know, the stereotype of a salesperson that so many people have. Yeah. So it's it's just under it's understanding that, you know, once again, you have to psychologically prepare yourself for it. And, and sales and especially if you're going to do cold calling, it's getting ready for a lot of notes. You know, so I knew going into that hour of calls I was about to make, you know, because I had from one to two p.m. Because I I could cancel my twelve, but I couldn't cancel my two o'clock call. So I knew I whatever I was doing had to be done by two, you know. And so I was like, I'm just gonna take a lot of nose to the chin right now and, and go for it. And you know, the the approach, like I said, first off, it's psychological. It's actually wanting to serve. So you know, getting on getting on that call, you know, anyone who's done cold calling understands that gatekeepers are are going to make or break you, <laughs> you know? And, and so, uh, you know, I, and, and this is one of the things I, I teach people I work with one-on-one is, is relating to that gatekeeper being so abundantly kind to that gatekeeper, you know, asking for, you know, because usually that gatekeeper, um, who is usually a woman, you know, and I'm not stereotyping here. It's just usually a woman. Um, you know, it's just being nice enough and kind enough to this person and asking for her email address and saying, okay, cool. So, you know, if I can't talk to John right now, um, when would be a good time? Okay, cool. Hey, I understand, you know, he doesn't usually speak to people who are cold calling. Look, I, it, look, uh, Susie, what is your email address? I want to send you over a one sentence email. You can kind of check me out. And then, you know, if you've got any questions, you know, forward it on to John, let John call me back. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of different nice things that you can say in a 30 second interaction to to let Susie know, like, and trust you, 
And, and if you can get an email address and just send her a one sentence email with a link to your website or a link to your product or service or anything else with a little bit of social proof, look, she's going to forward on the information to John, you know, John, who's always my imaginary potential client. Sure. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it's understanding, like if you go, like anyone that goes and Googles how to get past a gatekeeper right now, most of those articles I think are like 15 years old on the internet. Those, those tactics aren't going to work. In those tactics, you know, 15 years ago, kind of recapping what we've just finished talking about, it was, it was so very different based on the, the different ways that consumers buy now, uh, where sales cycles are a little different as well. We don't uh, approach buying a television um, the quite the same way that we used to, or even uh, uh, looking for a recommendation for a moving company or, or a realtor. It is completely different these days than it used to be. So what's your forecast in the sales world for the, the near future? What do you see coming down the lines um, as far as change goes? Uh, and, and how do you think we could prepare uh, our sales mentalities for these changes? Yeah, no, that, that, that that's a great question. I, I like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm really big on, you know, there used to be a very differentiating line, like a line in the sand between marketing and sales, you know? So, so someone would see the ad in the yellow pages and then they'd call, you know, and then come down to the store and, you know, you'd go through a sales process, you know, like there's this very old fashioned, you know, differentiation between the marketing and the sales that's different in 2017. So like when I give the example a minute ago, you know, of the, the guy who sells cell phones, like, look, he, he, he's a cool guy. He's, he, 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 you know, and he, he's implemented technology that has allowed him to communicate continually with his, his potential clients, you know? And, and so no matter what kind of product or service or business you have, it's, it, you have to understand that you need to find a way to continually be providing content and information for your potential clients. So, you know, if, if that's having a Facebook group, great that's running Facebook ads. Great. You know, I, I think, I think every real estate agent in the world should have a Facebook messenger bot. I think every single one of them should, and it should be set up on their page. And so when someone reaches out and, you know, people can pull up a real estate agents, you know, Facebook page and see that they're very responsive. They reply immediately. Well, the reason they're replying immediately is because there's a messenger bot and it's going to say, Hey, I'm so glad you reached out to me. Are you looking to, to buy or sell your home, you know, and let the bot do half the work for you. Um, everything's coming together now. There, there's not that differentiation between the marketing and the sale anymore. It's one big extended process. And, and so, you know, my, my forecast is, you know, look, look to the future. Look at what, look at how you buy things. You Google it. You look on Amazon. You compare prices. Um, so you need to make sure that whatever product or service you have, when people kind of go to compare you to others, they, they can find the information. Uh, and, and so for every product and service, that's going to be different. But it's, it's using the technology we have because anyone in 2017, I, I believe anyone working very minimal, you can be lazy in 2017 in sales and still make six figures a year in commission. I 100% believe that. I love it. I see on your website, there's a book called The Joy of the Sale that's being released soon. What can you tell us about that book and when do you think it might be released? Ooh, that is, that is a good question. I love that. So, uh, that, that is actually a question, um, you know, so someone else was possibly going to publish it. 
and then I, I kind of pulled back and you know I I like uh like everyone in the world I like controlling everything um so <laughs> you know so I you know I, I think uh it will probably what is it it's August right now it'll probably be December uh, in preparation for the new year um but yeah the the joy of the cell is is you know it's part story part technique um which you know I, I tell everyone stories sell if you can use stories and implement stories in your sales process, look, you're going to be golden. And, and that book is going to be proof of concept with that. Cause it, it's my, my story, which, you know, I, I only told you guys the fun part about Milwaukee's best at, at a poker game, but you know, it's every salesperson has a story and I think every individual has a story. So yeah, that, that, that should come out by the end of the year. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, you know, showing people how to use those stories in a sales process to actually, you know, help people know, like, and trust you more. Very exciting. So besides the book, what else, what else are you working on right now? What else has you really excited at the moment? Yeah. So, um, I, 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 I have a lot of things in the pipeline actually. So it's kind of like you asked that and I just want to word vomit awesome. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You ask about that book and I'm like, what book is it? Because, you know, we've actually got, uh, two other books like lined up you know, hopefully over the next 18 months to come out back to back to back. Uh, but, but in, in addition to that, um, you know, I, I, I've always kind of spoke, uh, it, it kind of like small conferences and I do a lot of in-office trainings and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I, I, that, that's, that's what I love is, you know, you can, and different people look at it differently. You, you can serve a lot of people on a small level, or you can serve a small group of people on a big level, you know? Um, and I like my business to be half and half. So, you know, I, I, I'm doing a lot more speaking. And so uh, I love that because it's being able to serve a lot more people just a little bit to hopefully kind of bring them in to, to change their lives for the better. Awesome. Hey, Stan, ton of great value today. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, really uh, the best way is going to be, you know, if, if you're in sales, you want to be in sales, you want to network with a cool group of sales uh, professionals, uh, I, I say, Hey, head to Facebook, um, Pete sales results, Facebook group, or just check me out at Pete Uh, that's really just my home base for everything. But yeah, that's the Perfect. absolute best way. Hey, before we say goodbye, what is one piece of parting advice that you would give to our listening audience? Just do it. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people uh, listen to podcasts, you know, and I can say this personally as someone who is a podcast junkie, you know, in a corporate sales training position that I hated. Um, I, I listen to podcasts all day, every day, and I'd get really inspired, but I wouldn't take action. Um, and, and I, you know, I, it, sadly, it took me more years in my life than I ever, it should have ever taken to actually just go take the action. So yeah, anyone who listens to this, you know, just, just go do it. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is you're going to fail. And if you're going to fail, fail fast and then do it again, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's it. Just go do it. Yeah, Noise Nation, we hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Stan. Be sure to go over and check out his website at peaksalesresults.com or online on Facebook at Peak Sales Results. Stan, thanks again for being on the show today. We, uh, we really enjoyed your time with you today. The show notes for today will be available at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, this is Justin, Ken, and Stan signing off. Neon Noise Nation, we will see you again next week. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.